Hey everyone, welcome back to Pretending With Dice. As always, I'm your host and Game Master, AJ. Uh, before we get into today's episode, I, I just kind of want to start things off with a, a couple of small pieces of business. Uh, firstly, uh, an apology. Uh, those of you who listen to the podcast uh, as it's released will know that this episode's release date had to be pushed back by a week. And for that, I am very sorry. Uh, I always hate to have to do that, but uh, in this case, it was kind of unavoidable if we were going to be able to release the episode up to the full standard that you all deserved. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't promise we won't ever have to make uh, last-minute release date changes again in the future, uh, but when we do, uh, we're going to do our very best to make sure that it's for a good reason. And uh, yeah, this time, I, th- I think it really was. Uh, secondly, then, uh, an invitation. Uh, this definitely isn't the first time that I've mentioned our Discord server on the podcast, but if you've been enjoying the pod at all, uh, whether you've been with us for a while, or if you jumped on board with Frontier, or well, even, even if this is your first episode of the podcast, uh, we'd love to have you join us on the server. Uh, we all have a lot of fun on there. Uh, just this week, for instance, we've been building new NPC crew members for Frontier uh, with our server members. The easiest way to join the fun is to head to pretendingwithdice.com and click the Discord button. That'll get you straight into the server. Uh, so yeah, we hope to see you all there. Alright then, uh, so without any further ado, let's get into today's episode. Enjoy. Previously on Frontier. Commando, sensors are picking up an unknown warp signature in a neighbouring star system. There shouldn't be any warp technology in that sector. There's one pre-warp civilization. But something about that doesn't add up. To Lind, Captain Collins. I suspect that this may be a first warp flight scenario. I request your presence on the bridge. Might I suggest we drop out of warp at a distance, Captain, and then they might not get so spooked from us. Am I the only one who notices the similarity? No, I, uh, I see it too, Commander. That's, uh, the Phoenix. Murphy's going to bring up the schematics for the Phoenix and try a probability of how, many, how much percentage it matches with the, the, alien, the alien vessel. The design of the oncoming ship is an 89% match for the schematics of the Phoenix. Crew of the Jeteran warp vessel, this is Captain Harrison Collins of the Federation Starship Tenzing. Are you receiving me? We, we submit ourselves to judgment. We should not have left the sphere. Lord, please forgive us.
There's a brief moment of awkward silence as the pair of Tratirans bow before Captain Collins, their foreheads pressed to the deck plating, their eyes averted. No, no, stand up, stand up, there's, uh, there's no need for any of that. Uh, as, as you command, Lord. They quickly get to their feet, but remain heads bowed before the captain, eyes still fixed on the ground in front of them. How are you all arrayed, kind of in the shuttle bay, by the way? What's your, what's your sort of, uh, not marching order, but like, whereabouts are you standing? I think that uh, Irela wants to be quite close mm-hmm. to them, quite close to the captain. Yep. Um, mostly as uh, with the empath abilities, it might be easier for her to step in, sure. essentially. Um, if needed, so wants to be quite close by. Yeah, and the closer you are as well, the easier it is to do the empath stuff, really. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. So, would you say sort of basically just to behind the captain sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. pretty yeah. much. Okay. A step or two to the side. Mm. Um, so, because again, it's easier if you can see them. Yes, yeah. Where, when the captain sort of tells them to stand up, you again get sort of a bit of a rush of like panic, which you might interpret as like oh no we've already we've, we've already done wrong sort of thing as a possible interpretation the captain kind of spreads his arms wide and well what he hopes is a, a welcoming gesture allow me to be the first to welcome you to the wider galactic community uh, i'm sure this is all quite overwhelming the Dratirans sort of exchange kind of a quick glance um it is as it was foretold uh, how do you mean, foretold? The scrolls spoke that a journey to the stars would bring us to the Laldron for our judgment. And it is so. Irela, uh, obviously this is the first time that you're meeting anyone of this uh, species. <laughs> uh, but as far as you can tell through your empathic senses, it, it doesn't feel like they're lying at all. You do feel a bit of a surprise uh, from the captain at uh, their words of... Um, being brought to the Laldron for judgment, though. This kind of wasn't what he was expecting. Dr. Irela is now carefully watching the captain just to make sure that he's confident to continue, Mm. even if not exactly comfortable with it. Yeah. You get the feeling that the captain's kind of weighing up his next response kind of um, carefully, because obviously he was, again... This isn't a usual occurrence for a first contact sort of scenario. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I don't know about things being foretold, but I can tell you that we're not these Laldron of which you speak. Uh, we're just people, uh, like you. We've travelled here from our own worlds, uh, far from yours, but I can speak for all of us when I say we're happy to meet you. The Dratirans kind of quietly whisper to each other for a second uh, before speaking up once again. You display the sacred letters. If you are not the Laldron, how can this be? Sacred letters? uh, What do you mean? They raise their heads for the first time, um, looking around, and then one of them simply points to a sign on the wall that reads Shuttle Bay 2. Marthy's hunch is just like, her braid is just going, there's something going on here. (laughs) (laughs) With this letter, if they're like pointing to like, um, lettering on the wall... Is there pieces of a ship, maybe? Or or some sort of space, like, 
wreckage of some sort from anything. I was like, ooh. If you want to join in, you you know, to the conversation, I I feel like you wouldn't be completely out of line. I need to. Th- I need. To, I need to think. Mm. <laughs> like the captain's not going to be like, no, else... I'm doing this. You know. You can... <laughs> but if anybody else feels free to jump in before me, feel free. Uh, captain, it is possible that uh, there may have been some sort of debris from a ship or similar have landed on their planet at some point. It certainly wouldn't be the first ship that's crashed landed in this sector. Mm, you're right. Wouldn't even be the first we've run into in the last week, would it? Mm. It would be a bit of a coincidence, but... Yeah, yeah, it would be. He turns back to the Draterans. This, uh, this sacred lettering, do you mean these specific symbols, or just this type of writing? This manner of writing, uh, it is not for us to know their meaning, but we would recognize them anywhere. The second of the Draterans, who's been quiet up to this point, uh, nudges the first. Rane, we should speak of this no further. If they are not of the Lodron, as they say, then they know not of the revelation. But they bear the lettering. How could they not know of it? They must be of the Laldron. Yet they say they are not. Uh, Dr. Irila, I'm gonna, like, take half a step forward. Mm-hmm. Um, while we are not the Laldron you speak of, you are at no harm from us. Nothing bad will happen to you. Uh, by their words, you can you can kind of tell that they're maybe starting to digest what you're all saying um, about not being these Laldron deity figures there to judge them. Uh, but it is becoming clear that it's just kind of a completely alien concept to them that there really could be anybody out here who isn't the Laldron. Um, so there's a, you're getting this kind of general growing feeling of confusion from the pair of them. Um, your words are some comfort, uh, but you're also still kind of feeling the kind of underlying fear as well beneath... Uh, sort of beneath the surface. Murphy would also like to step forward mm-hmm. um, and maybe slightly crouch to their level and um, just smile and introduce herself. Um, I'm Commander Murphy. This is our ship. This is Commander Irila. She is our chief medical officer. What we would like to do is help you to return home if you would, if you require it, you said your engines were failing. We would like to help. The one who's been doing the most talking sort of finally makes eye contact with you as you uh, as you kind of come down to their level. We did not think we would be able to return to the sphere to our to our home. Our flight was a test, a, a test of the words of our most sacred gospel. A leap of faith. Yes. Hmm. I understand that. If you are not the Laldron, as you say, how are you speaking our words, our, our language? Murphy is going to indicate her com badge. This device helps translate for us. It allows us to communicate together so that we better understand each other. 
The crew of the ship come from many different worlds, uh, each with their own language, their own words, as you say, uh, their ways of communicating. Uh, through our technology, we can understand each other and work together and accomplish more together. He looks around at uh, the assembled Starfleet members. I am a human. I come from a planet called Earth, um, and I'm speaking a language called English. Um, that's not the case for everybody here, though. Um, Dr. Rila. I am Delton, and that is also the name of my language. Murphy is going to point to her nose ridges. I'm half human and half Bajoran. My mother was Bajoran and my father was human. We hope that uh, your people and our people will come to understand each other better as time goes on. Talking is just the first step. An important one, though. The Universal Translate is a little bit of a... It's a little bit of a magic technology, really, anyway. Um, we'll hand wave away the point that it doesn't look like you're being overdubbed when you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. As the commander said, uh, we would like to return you to your people, and, uh, if possible, speak to others, uh, to your leaders, um, to welcome you, as I said, to the wider galactic community. Perhaps on the way, our engineers could take a look at your ship while we travel. Uh, maybe we can figure out why your engines stop working. The speaking stone was to work only once, to bring us to our judgment. We did not think our engines would work again. Murphy, you can see out of the corner of your eye up in the uh, the office that the engineers are kind of talking a little bit back and forth, and you see Commander Carter sort of shrug fairly like, I don't know what the hell they're talking about, kind of thing. But um, <laughs> that's a little bit off the side. The, 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 the Tyrants can't see up there, the angle they're at, but yeah, you kind of, you get you guess it's probably not best to sort of phrase that the engineers are a bit confused as it is, but um, yeah. Well, uh, nevertheless, uh, would you be happy for us to look at it? Uh, perhaps to return it to working order for you? They, again, given what they've already said, that they thought this was maybe a one-way trip, this maybe hadn't occurred to them before. They confer kind of quietly for a couple of moments between each other uh, before turning back to the captain. That would be acceptable. Uh, as we said, we did not think we would ever see our homes again. To do so would be most welcome. Okay, I'm kind of going to flip it to you guys for a decision here. Um, if needed, the Tenzin could get to the Dratiran homeworld in probably like less than a minute, uh, but that's obviously a bit rushed, and I feel like maybe there's still some questions here. Uh, so I, I guess really what I'm asking is uh, like what your opinion is of kind of how this uh, return trip should be conducted. I think it probably shouldn't be too quick. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. We're trying to give them a chance to wrap their head around some of this before yeah. taking it back to an entire planet of It's a lot of information to yeah. have at once. They need some they need some time to di digest it and understand it a bit. And so it's I'm actually I... a complete like mindset shift. Mm. Yeah. I'll or... say try and keep them around for a few hours and give them a kind of uh, a, a kind of not a full tour of the ship, but just show them around the place and show that, that we are just, we are regular people, we are not mm. deities, we are just explorers, and show them what we have and what our intentions are, and just be open and honest with them. 
take them to yeah. the conference room, show them the view from the windows, maybe show them just the habitation decks where we've got an arboretum or something, just show them that we we explore, but we also are creatures of habit and we enjoy this probably the same pleasures that they would enjoy. Yeah, like take them to forward at like, like yeah. quieter time and things. Well, well, not when Bonge is there, that's probably a bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to um, say, oh, oh, the ship, say, like, <laughs> this is sounding very familiar. Yeah. Yeah, it is. We've got a specialist here. Indeed. What sort of rules they have? That could. It's the sort of thing that, if it goes wrong, could cause. Yeah, it could a lot cause. Yeah. Be pretty sensitive. Yeah. Well, essentially, show them places, and if they are interested in delving deeper, then go go for it. Just leave it open for them to say yes, I'd like to know more, or no, I'd rather look at something else. But while they're doing that, if it takes two or three question hours, them. yeah, they give, someone can question them during the tour, open open ended questions while a crew uh, a team looks at the ship and tries to hmm. figure out more about it. So maybe not a Johnny tour. No, no, <laughs> no. no we, do, we, don't, imagine, we don't. We don't. We don't want holodeck tours of all the fight clubs. I'd imagine that Murphy and Irela, because they've had such a positive response would be probably be the best people to tour because Irela can mention that she's new to the ship as well and she's still getting finding her feet and Murphy's like take because Murphy's an old well, I was gonna say old hat but she's not really you've just you've been, been, on been on here on a ship. while yeah I've been on I've been on here a while she's been on here a while she's the most um familiar with the vessel so they they've got the two people that they're most comfortable with yeah, that are they've already shared a little bit of information with us, and Ray and Conart can check out the ship. And I was thinking the exact same thing. Mm. <laughs> yeah, just just yeah, just, just mainly because of that interaction, that positive reaction from both of us. That yeah. just kind of seems like the better, the what Murphy would feel comfortable with. Okay, you've yeah. you've, you've both made a good impression on them. So they mm-hmm. they already have a not a not a trust not full on trust but a bit of a rapport, and yeah. they they probably feel comfortable around you two, which leaves us myself and the ensign free to examine the ship. Hmm. Okay. And one thing one thing Ray will want to do is do a me- metallurgical analysis on bits of the hull on that ship and just try and figure out why it's so similar to the schematics of the Phoenix. Sure. Okay. Um, in terms of not railroading men, who wants to uh, suggest this to the captain? Um, I, uh, I really will suggest it. Um, but also, um, if any of the, uh, if those from the ship have any injuries or wounds, then we can start off by going to sick bay. Cool. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good suggestion. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, all right, well... Don't want to in, in, inflict a, a biohazard into the rest of the ship. Yeah, it's probably a good idea, <laughs> Just <too>. in case. <laughs> <laughs> Though the um, sensors probably would have picked up that, but, yeah, no, a, a detailed scan would be nice. Yeah, it's a it different thing to, like, um, if, you, if you'd beamed them aboard, uh, well, mm-hmm. they probably would have been more freaked out, but, like, at the same time, the the transporter would have screened out any pathogens yeah um yeah but they you haven't done that you've you've brought them on board uh it yeah. with their ship so perhaps a trip to sick bay isn't completely yeah yeah healing is a good way of 
showing intention as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Showing trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or at least showing that you've got no immediate intentions to harm them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's medi- medical oath, never make the patient worse, just heal. Well, it's as much, you're not going to bother patching up small wounds if you're just going to kill them. No, tort- exactly. It's more so, blood to spill, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah. No, I think that sounds like a good idea. First a trip to sick bay, and um, leave the boys and, and their big toy to faff about with. <laughs> Sure. Okay. Murphy slightly wants to stay with the ship because it's because she's like looks like Zephyrins, <laughs> but she's like no, I've got to get to keep an eye on these people first as well. You just sneak back and get a hollow scan of it later, so you can just in the totally. <laughs> I'm like mentally linking with Ray, going, "Get me a picture of that, please." Like, I want. I think I, want I, think, I, think, I think Ray's already planning to send you data on it. Oh yeah. Sweet. Sweet, thanks. Yeah. You're Johnny's gonna put one in the background of one of his ass kicking simulations. It's gonna be the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That time I met the new aliens. <laughs> and I showed them my sweet moves. Like <laughs> I went straight on my ass. <laughs> when first contact goes wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> okay. Space um, Fight Club starring Johnny Two Phases. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Captain, um, if I may make a suggestion. Of course, please. It would probably be wise to offer our guests any medical treatment if needed. And at least it, I'm sure that the, this flight has shaken you up quite badly. She smiles over at our visitors. Uh, if Lieutenant Commander Murphy and I first take them to sickbay to make sure they are healthy, uh, we would be happy to give them a short look around the ship if they are interested. I think that's the perfect suggestion, Doctor. He turns back to the Draterans. If you would like to follow the Doctor and uh, the Lieutenant Commander here, uh, they'll... Uh... Well, I'll make sure to uh, take a look at any aches and pains you might have endured from your, uh, well, historic flight. You, you notice at this point, Dr. Rila, one of them has been sort of, one of their shoulders seems a little bit kind of drooped. And that, you guess maybe there was some kind of shake or something earlier, <laughs> maybe when they dropped out of warp. Um, and as, as you and the captain mentioned, healing aches and, you know, aches and pains or dealing with any medical stuff, they do kind of raise their other hand to sort of rub the shoulder a little bit so this might have been a good suggestion here if if I might ask as well for your permission would we perhaps be allowed to enter your vessel when you're not here again they talk in kind of hushed tones for a couple of seconds before replying yes that would be acceptable thank you we'd like to help you repair your vessel so that your future trips will continue. Okay. So let's stay with the shuttle bay then, as the captain, uh, Irila, and Murphy accompany the two Draterans out into the corridors of the ship, uh, the shuttle bay doors closing behind them as they leave. The engineering team make their way down from the upper level, and uh, Commander Carter is uh, rolling up his sleeves as he joins you, uh, Ray and Johnny, uh, in front of the Draterian warp ship. All right, let's get a look at this thing. 
Johnny, I'm, I'm kind of wondering what you've been thinking during all of this. I mean, once again, you weren't really uh, briefed at all before you were called down here. Uh, Connell is kind of not shocked, but kind of a little bit pleased with the fact that he's been picked with for this assignment. Feeling like, hey, I was off duty today, could have picked anybody. I've been picked for first duty assignment. So he's kind of buzzing. Hmm. And he's going to um, just take in the ship and turn to uh, Ray and say, um, so, so how long have we been tracking these guys? I thought we were just on our way to Deep Space 3. What can I say, Ensign? Plans change. Well, this is a turn up for the books. I, I really didn't expect this to happen today, but I'm pleased that I'm here. Oh, none of us expected this. Let alone to expect anything quite so similar to our own history. Yeah, this is a strangely familiar ship. It's, according to scans done by Commander Murphy, 89% similarity to the Phoenix. Mm. So from Cochrane's warp ship. Interesting. Mm. Well, let, let's check it out. Indeed. I'm going to ask you to get started with uh, instrument analysis. Grab a tricorder and scan the interior cockpit. Check their readouts and their instruments. See what you can discover. I'll call one of my science team up who's got uh, a background in metallurgical studies. I think we might need them. I tap my comm badge. Commander Ray to Lieutenant Yovanka. Yovanka here. Please get all your gear together and head down to Shuttle Bay 2. I've got a special assignment that uh, could use your expertise. Uh, yes, sir. On my way. See you soon. Ray out. I grab my own tricorder and begin my scans mm -hmm. on the outside of the ship. Okay, what are you scanning for? Uh, I am scanning for... Well, I'm scanning to see if there's been any if there's any um, structural damage to the ship that we might not have picked up on the sensors. Being up close, we can look for imperfections. Okay, I mean, the I will say as well, the engineering team are taking a look over this thing as well. You're not the mm. only person. And if anything, Commander oh, yeah, Carter outranks you. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm not affecting repairs. I'm just getting readings no. from the outside. Yeah. Um, so. Okay. Yeah, I'm not stepping on the toes of the engineering guys. They can do all the fixing. I'm just getting readings to sort of compare with what uh, Murphy found. Sure. Okay. Um, I guess can I get a reason engineering check then? Difficulty one, let's say. Certainly. Eleven oh three. Yep. Easily done. Um, and you've got a momentum. How about that? Wicked. Um, Stack them up. So yeah, you're not actually detecting any um, kind of major issues on the external structure of the ship in terms of like there's no kind of, as far as you can tell, there's no kind of micro cracks or anything like that, you know, forming. It does appear just pretty much like it's sort of, it, it doesn't appear that anything structural has failed, let's say. Okay. Um, it's a start. Yeah, it's a start. <laughs> Okay, so I'll continue doing that until um, Yovanka arrives, so... Doesn't take very long. Um, Lieutenant Yovanka uh, enters the bay holding one of those kind of... the, like, little briefcase type science kit things you see occasionally in the background. Already got a tricorder in hand when she approaches. Reporting is ordered, sir. Uh, what did you need me for? 
Ah, and some perfect timing. I need you to do a full metallurgical analysis on the materials used to construct this ship. We got some strange readings earlier on up on the bridge, and I want to do a comparison with what we have in the database from some scans we made earlier today. Sure thing. I'll send the data you need through to your pad so you can start the comparison while I continue working with Ensign Connaught. Uh, yes, sir. I'll, uh, I'll get right to it. She heads off and starts working. Okay, so Yvanka's got her job, um, so I'll over to Eden, I suppose. Sure. When, when you gave Johnny the order, he kind of saluted and wandered off towards the uh, cockpit. Salute, saluted. I like it. As much as they do in Starfleet, I guess. Yeah, they don't really at all, um, do they? It's funny. No. <laughs> I, guess, I guess he gave more of a nod and, and just... Mm. Yeah, no, I like the idea down. that Johnny's gotten into saluting. <laughs> no, he's not quite that level of rumour, I guess. <laughs> um, no, it, yeah, he, he nods and goes off and goes to the cockpit and starts checking out the instrumentation. And he himself, as, as per... Like it's almost like Starfleet standard that I guess everybody would kind of know a little bit about this first warp flight, and in particular Johnny's into his history. So it's not even but, like it's just a Starfleet thing. Like that's kind of just Earth history, really. Yeah, as well. Yeah, I'm just trying to justify the fact that Johnny would kind of justifiably be able to look at this stuff and like, does he get any sense from the instrumentation of fami- familiar? Sorry, familiarity. Um. Or- uh I don't think this would need to be a check. I mean, because I mean, I think it's probably the Phoenix is one of those things that is, is kind of almost taught in primary school. I know you weren't born, you weren't brought up on Earth, mm. but there would still be some level of that. And since joining Starfleet, you would have had any opportunity, you know, with to to go see the original. And then there's any number of hollow reproductions you could have looked at. So it's well within your, you know, you would have some level of familiarity. Even I think most on... federation most federation races um, that even aren't human would know about the phoenix by the by the time that we're doing this. Here. Well, I think just because yeah, right. you're right, just because of the kind of role in the founding of the federation and that. I'm um, thinking though that it's it's that level of familiarity where like I could look at the instrumentation panel and know what I'm looking at to some extent. That like yeah. Johnny, as you say, like I, I would tend to think that like Johnny maybe would learned at home and access the hollow suites like learning tweets and that kind of stuff he would potentially have gone around a virtual tour of this ship mm. like For virtual sure. museums would surely be a thing on holodecks yeah like mm. be able to go to the louvre or wherever so yeah i i, I just want to know is is it yeah. yeah i mean well you can see, you can't read the text on the displays it's a completely different alphabet mm. or anything but in terms of the general layout it's got it is you know it's ringing some bells for you Okay, so again, like, there's this sense of familiarity. Yeah, and it's it's old school buttons and levers and things. There's no no glass Elkars panels in here, which again is in of itself is kind of a you know, it's a bit of a novelty to to you. Um, but it, again, it's sort of it's not a hundred percent the same layout in terms of like you're not looking. And going, of course, there's that lever and there's that lever. You know, this is exactly how I saw it. But things are in a similar kind of setup. It's not 100% the same. There's two seats instead of the three in the um in the Phoenix and and such, you know. So the control panels are laid out a little differently, but in terms of the general kind of design, it's very similar. Okay. Um Johnny's going to go about scanning the cockpit and the windows in particular to see if there's any kind of 
weaknesses? Any sense that, like, is there anything damaged in here? Okay, uh, can I get, uh, I guess this will be reason engineering. Not your strongest suit, really, but, you know. Not really, but this is this is kind of preliminary, I yeah. guess. Um, so, difficulty one again. Um, you're looking for ten or under on 2d20. Got what? Fifteen or three. Okay, so yeah, you got your one success. Um, it, it seems pretty solidly put together, really, actually. A little bit sort of back to basics, if you know what I mean, but this is a first warp flight vessel. There's, you know, you're seeing the machining in terms, you know, the structural thing, and it doesn't look like it's built for comfort either. That is something you kind of note passively as you're doing it. You're used to the kind of luxury surroundings of the Tenzing, really, but even then, this has got, like, exposed bulkheads and things and you know this is there's not a great deal of padding in the comfy seats or you know they're not even comfy there's not a great deal of padding in the cockpit seats or anything like that you know it's sort of it's a bit rough and ready okay but it seems fairly solidly put together it just you know if the Tenzing is like a modern car this is a Model T sort of thing you know it's got that prototype feeling yeah yeah I guess Johnny kind of like pokes his head out as much as possible to like look towards Ray and call out towards him and uh, says, um, "The instrumentation panels in here are pretty familiar, to be honest. This this whole ship is eerily like the uh, the first ship that Earth sent into space. Has that been noted at all?" As far as the interior looks are concerned, you're the first person to actually confirm anything similar. All we've looked at so far is the outside. Oh, that's very interesting. You should probably mm. come and have a look at this. I'm on my way around. So I'm at this point. I think Ray is near the front end of the ship, so he's gonna he's got to walk all the way back round and then in through the side hatch mm. to get him. So Ray enters into the cockpit area. Oh, you weren't kidding, were you, Ensign? Almost an exact reproduction. Except for the displays, of course. It's pretty bizarre. I mean, there, there are principles, I suppose, of warp dynamics and just the way that you have to build a ship, but for there to the be so much similar inside of the ship and the way yeah. that it's constructed on a kind of basic level. It's very odd, isn't it? To have something that is almost a perfect almost, not quite, but almost a perfect replica of the first warp ship that left Earth. But from a society this far away in a different quadrant of the galaxy? Hmm. They were talking about both the sacred letters and pointing at the shuttle bay designation. It, I, I mean, it's kind of funny to think that like this shuttle bay could be holy. I did find that a little bit strange, but I didn't want to say anything at the time. There was also that mention of something, what was it, a speaking stone? What do they mean by that? Some kind of communicator, maybe? Possibly, but it's the way they phrased it, the speaking stone. I wonder if it's something, maybe not on the ship, but something back on their planet. Well, I suppose you could... And he look, Johnny looks down at the communicators that they're wearing. It kind of looks between them. I suppose you could make a communicator that would look a little bit like this. It could be something as simple as that, but who knows at this point? We'll have to find out. Maybe we'll find out from the uh, 
commander and the doctor. Maybe they can get some information while they're talking and taking the tour. Well, we can only hope that they do. Because right now, I'm honestly, despite my years of experience, a little bit stuck for an explanation. At this point, uh, Commander Carter sticks his head in. Uh, how's it looking in here with you boys? You should check this out, sir. It, it's incredible. It, it's so close to our own technology, from the past at least. Almost an exact replica of the original Phoenix that Zephyrin Cochrane piloted into space. Not just on the outside, but on the inside as well. If you ignore the language being used on the displays, Commander, it's it could almost be like for like, as if they nicked it from the Smithsonian themselves. He sort of looks around and goes, Well, you're, you're close there, uh, Lieutenant Commander, but uh, that seat's a uh, good seven inches further back. Uh, that command panel, oh, they've, they've really extended that a little bit. <laughs> See, yes, N not quite there, nearly there, though. <laughs> Wouldn't pass any uh, look-alike competitions. But... Do you think it's dissimilar enough that there, there would be no connection? And Johnny looks towards Ray with a kind of cocked eyebrow of, like, I certainly think that there's something going on here. He said, oh, there's definitely something. This is definitely interesting, uh, Ensign. Uh, my interest has been piqued, shall we say. <laughs> this cockpit, anyone can knock out a cockpit. In fact, my own replica I built back in my younger days, uh, much closer to the Phoenix than this. I take a point, Commander, but I was just saying to the Ensign, it does seem quite strange that we would come across a ship this far away from Earth with a very early warp-capable civilization that would have anything even close to resembling the Phoenix, both inside and out. It might not be a perfect representation, or perfect copy, but it does seem a little bit odd that they'd have almost exactly the same ideas about how to design and build it. Yeah, it's a bit of a head-scratcher, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, come look at this. Aye, sir. He leads you round to the uh, the side of the sh ship, in between the... Um in between one of the nacelles and uh, and and the main body of it, they've uh, kind of wheeled a <laughs> they wheeled a set of steps round there. Look, it ain't broke, don't fix it. You don't need to invent a sci-fi ladder. So there's some <laughs> set of steps going up to the side, and the engineers have got the um, the kind of main rear sort of bay. They've got the hatch open. Mm. He points down into this bay. As I said, uh, anyone can knock up a cockpit, but uh, well. This here is pretty much a one-to-one -one recreation of Cochrane's engine, if you ask me. See that on the side of the intermix chamber? Aye, sir. That matter-antimatter flux inverter is the giveaway. You know how many first warp flight vessels are in the Federation database, Commander? 327. You know how many had an inverter in that particular configuration? Just the one ship. That's right, just the one. Well, I've heard of convergent evolution, a species separated by thousands or millions of kilometers. But there's no such thing as convergent development on a one-to-one -one basis. This is definitely, an, as you say, Commander, definitely an exact copy of yes. Cochrane's design. It's a real pickle. In fact, look at how close this is. If I reach around the back here... Yep, there it is. Flip something, and the uh, part of the warp core um, slightly hisses, and then a small door opens, and... Um, rolling out on um, again, not powered, but um, on on rollers is a small thing. Oh, here we go. Yes, looks like they had their lithium completely decrystallized. That's why they stopped. 
there is a small chunk of dilithium in this, a very small chunk of dilithium in the uh, in the sort of this little kind of hopper there. So they did run out of gas after all. No wonder they couldn't start their engines again. I think this is worth noting to the captain. So, Murphy and uh, Dr. Arela, you are... Let's cut to you in sick bay then. Uh, you, the pair of you are in sick bay. The, the, the captain um, sort of escorted you there, sort of trying to, you know, keep the light chit-chat with the Dratirans going as uh, as you made the trip. And uh, once uh, once you get to sick bay, he says to them, uh, "Well, I'll uh, leave you in Doctor Arela's capable hands then, uh, Doctor. I'll need to uh, make a report to Starfleet Command. So uh, if you need me, I'll be in my ready room. Don't hesitate to call me." Thank you, Captain. And he leaves the sick bay. He really gestures for everyone to come in and begins explaining that uh, first off she's going to start by running this small machine uh, over the outside of their body and that will get be- give them uh, some medical information about how they're doing um, and that she may have some questions to ask based on what that tells her. Mm. They, um, the Tratirans, you, you get the, they've, they've calmed down a little bit, I will say, since the initial meeting. Um, they've seen a few people walking in the corridors and that and everything. And, 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 you know, going by plan, everybody has been, nobody's made any aggressive moves towards them or anything, which has, I think, put them quite at ease a little bit. The fact that they haven't been attacked. Um, there's still a great amount of confusion you're feeling. Um, they weren't really expecting this even with the talks of you know there there was mention of something prophesied and stuff which they haven't really gone into but they they've calmed down a little bit but when you sort of explain that there's a little bit of um curiosity you feel um but also again a little bit of apprehensiveness you are able i would say as well to um this is one of the perks of there having been a covert science uh, mission to their planet, you do have uh, on file a medical baseline, so you yeah. you're not working in the dark here. That is useful. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, I would like to do a medical check on both of them. Sure. Uh, can I get a reason medicine check from me then? Uh, difficulty one. It'll be fairly simple. Murphy's just going to show them the tricorder and like explain what the dials mean and what they show us so this will tell you your blood pressure showing how it doesn't hurt she scans herself and like shows, shows them, like this is what my heart rate is this is what my 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 blood sugar is and all that jazz just like explaining that this is what my blood alcohol level is oh that's a little <laughs> she wishes <laughs> no, no 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 she's fine i was kidding um that, yeah, two fives. That's that's definitely that's two successes. I was going to say it's a difficulty one, so you're now up to four momentum. You guys are doing really well with these checks. Um, you can start start spending these at some point as well, whenever you want to as well, actually. Um, but yes, the medical scan tells you a lot of what you'd sort of guessed before with your empathic abilities and with the the one of them, you know, sort of tenderly touching their shoulder when <laughs> medical assistance was mentioned um, in the. Uh, one of them seems to be pretty well in, in good health. The other one is is 
you know, still pretty good, but definitely has a, a, a minor shoulder sort of injury. The the overall feeling though is that they probably went un- underwent a little bit of a high G deceleration when they dropped out of warp, um, not the smooth, almost imperceptible one that you used to with the tensing. Yeah, they're not enough to really injure them a lot, but maybe it was a bit of a bumpy exit from warp. <laughs> well, the shoulder injury we can heal up nice and quickly. Mm. Um, and again, Irela is going to be speaking very calmly and just explaining exactly what she's doing, um, that you shouldn't feel any pain while doing that. Carries on, treats them. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's, I think she's probably trying to judge whether they're starting to feel comfortable enough to maybe answer some more questions. Sure. Okay. Can I get just an insight check from you? No. Seventeen or twelve. Very close with the twelve, though. Yeah, it's it's tough to tell. I mean, you're you're definitely still your empathic abilities are sort of you're getting a good feeling of what they're you know what they're feeling, um, but it's tough to judge really how how open that's going to make them. Really, you you're definitely feeling like when it, once you sort of. You're, you're kind of I'm not going to make you roll again for healing the, the shoulder injury because again that's kind of bread and butter and you've got the two successes on the scan so we'll just yeah say that's fine um, you're definitely getting a little bit of a feeling of relief like some of the tension goes out of that mm-hmm. one especially and the fact that when you're doing it that other one doesn't show any doesn't immediately screen out in pain and die or whatever is <laughs> putting the, the the one without the shoulder injury a little bit at at, um, at ease a bit um, but it's tough to tell whether that's going to sort of uh, make them more open. You, you could still ask the questions and that, you just don't really have a... You, you can't really tell beforehand how, how open they're going to be, I should say. I suspect that Irela will probably try to mention to Murphy that we might get the best answers if we like, show them to somewhere where they can rest. Mm-hmm. That might be... That might help us to... Help I can arrange... Th- I can raise some quarters. And we can always show them to some places on the way. So yeah, I mean, yeah, you, no, you, you can easily order, order. <laughs> you can easily organise some uh, some quarters if that's the route you want to go. Um, I don't think we really landed on exactly how long this trip was going to be, because it's the fact like the, the Tenzin could get pretty much from where you're at to their planet in five minutes if you wanted to. Um, or probably even less than that actually if you if you go past if you go higher than warp 7 you know you you, you can get there in a minute basically <laughs> so it's, it's I... entirely the captain's sort of discretion really how you know well we sort of like we went through you know how long this wants to be but maybe maybe um <clears throat> Murphy could suggest that they wait until the repairs are done on the ship and and then like slowly travel there at warp Three or something like that. Yeah. Give them because we we want to give them time to to adjust and come to terms with mm. the universe. <laughs> yeah. Um. And be able to reintegrate into their society a little bit better. I mean, to be um, honest, going at impulse power, you could get you could stretch it out to maybe four or five hours. You wouldn't even need to oh, go yeah, back well, to warp. Yeah. Probably just do that then. Yeah. We'll, we'll hand wave through and say that that was the plan all along then and that was what that was one of the conversations that happened with the captain on the walk here 
maybe yeah <laughs> so okay so are you are you going to organize quarters or what's the what's the thinking here murphy's going to ask them if they would like to rest somewhere or if they would like to explore the ship a little bit more or if they're feeling up to it at all <laughs> they again they, they they seem to sort of check with each other really um with most of these things there's a lot of kind of exchanging of glances and things and they, they sort of say well, as we are here we we would like to learn good we would like to learn of you as well I believe then it would be best if we waited until we return home to rest mm. I'm sure you'll have lots of stories to tell your people when you return there's a, you, you see almost a little bit of a <laughs> Again, they exchange a look, but this one's tough to read. When you say, like, telling stories to their people, there's a bit of a sort of, I don't know, you get a bit of an odd vibe, let's just say. Can the Canarilla get any sort of emotional handle on it? Can I get an inside check? You, you, you again, you, you, I will say you pick up the, the vibe, and it's definitely not a positive vibe. But this inside check will tell whether you get a bit more of a close insight on this. Oh, okay, so that's a success and a catastrophic failure. Um, <laughs> oh no! Would you like a dice? Yeah, we we have momentum. We have yeah. momentum. Well, you've you've got your one success. Well, I, ha- I already have the success. It would be um, okay. get rid of the um, failure. Failure. Oh, you can remove a complication with two momentum. Go for it. We've got four, so... You could burn two and have that just turn into a failure rather than a complication. Yeah, yeah I think we'll yeah, do that. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah? yeah. Cool, I'll Sure, that. okay, mark you down to two then instead. Okay, well, we'll go with that one success then. Again, the way you're... Part, you can't read minds, but you get... You know, you pick up the emotions behind things and stuff, so it's not, like, so much as reading thoughts as reading emotions. But you definitely... It's like a tinge of, not despair, but sort of, to put it into words would almost be like, I'm thinking it would be good if that could be, if that were so. It's almost the... Mm-hmm. Almost kind of... Re- like resigned dread. to the fact that that's not going to happen, sort of thing. Yeah. Like resignation. Yeah. Like unhappy resignation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Of course, it is your choice. How you explain that you get back. I'm sure our leaders will have many questions. In simplified terms, when a planet is pre-warp technology, uh, so um, travelling at the speed of light, um, generally... Any society which has that technology leaves them alone. Uh, The same thing happened with many of our home worlds, where once you reach this technology, that is when people from other places start taking more of an interest in you. The Federation... Uh, have 
a good amount of experience in helping uh, different peoples uh, with this transition. I can tell that you're not entirely sure of how this will be received at home, uh, but that is something that we can hopefully help you with. We can cross that bridge if, when we come to it, if it comes. But the Federation is there to help you. They exchange, again, I keep saying they're exchanging glances, but this one is quite a meaningful sort of, you can tell there's a lot being unsaid, but that they know what the other's thinking. And they say, Our flight was a secret from many of the ruling priesthood. Our our sect, our, our congregation is not always looked upon favorably. Um, some of our congregation's particular teachings are not compatible with the mainstream views. Murphy is just going to smile. Your uh, fringe uh, sect. Yes, uh, yes, you could say that. So your flight wasn't um, sanctioned by your superiors. They again sort of look at each other, and so you, you get the feeling there's the thinking of like, how much should we tell these people? Our sect, uh, as you say, uh, was alone in knowing of the flight, yes. Uh, we alone follow the words of the revelation of Thelden, uh, without which it would not have been possible to build our vessel. Um, I'm afraid we're, we, we are not familiar with your, your texts. Um, can, can you explain a little bit more? The revelation is the uh, the guiding document of our sect, uh, a scroll, uh, an ancient scroll. Mm. A holy text. I'm. I. I think you said. Yes. The more mainstream congregations would call it blasphemous. Uh, they claim it is not a true revelation of the Laldron. We believe they are mistaken. So they believed it was a fake? They doubt its origin, as they do not agree with what it describes. It was from the Revelation's teachings we were able to construct our vessel, however. Ah, uh, I see. Are you concerned that having had a successful flight, that your return may cause unease between different factions, the different priests? It is likely that there are those who would want us and our congregation removed for our actions. They would say they are heresy. You fear what ha what will happen to your fellow congregation? This is not the first time the Federation has made contact with individuals in this sort of situation. We will have a look at how it was dealt with before and see 
what options are available to help? That would be most appreciated. Yes, most appreciated. Is there a way to contact your congregation? Directly, without um, having to contact your um, superiors? Yes, uh, we were in contact with them via our ship's communicator when you first appeared in front of us. Uh, We had not received a response before we were brought uh, aboard your vessel, however. Uh, we, We do not know what they... What they know. We will discuss with the captain. Perhaps there's a way that we can send a message to your congregation and make them aware of what we can do. But, like I said, we will discuss with the captain and he will decide the best course of action. One puts their hand on the other's shoulder. We should show them the scroll. Perhaps it will help. They nod. We knew that our flight could not go unnoticed by the priesthood. Um, For the safety of our congregation, the Revelation Scroll was placed aboard our vessel so that it would not be discovered and used as evidence against our families uh, should reprisals come. That's a wise decision. Um, Would you like to show us where, or you could tell us and we could retrieve it? It is in a hidden compartment in our ship's uh, cockpit. We will have to enter a security code to retrieve it. Um, I-, I will show you myself. I'm not sure whether to involve the captain in this or or straight away or... Uh, it's up to you. Mm. Uh, Lieutenant Commander, if you take our guests back to their ship just now, um, I can update the captain. Of course, Doctor. No problem. If you're ready, um, we can return to the shuttle bay. Yes, sir. We are prepared now. Please lead the way. Mm. If you'd like to follow me. So yes, Doctor. They they leave the uh, they leave the sick bay with uh, with Lieutenant Commander Murphy. Commander Rilla to the captain. Doctor, how are our guests getting on? They are both in excellent condition. Uh, there are some subtleties to the current situation on their home world. We may need to proceed carefully. Ah, more complications then. Please, uh, go on. Anything you've learned will be helpful. It appears that the ruling body of this world uh, is unaware of the ship and flight that they have made. And they fear that their families and their people may be harmed in retaliation. Ah. Well, that throws a wrench into the works, doesn't it? However, now there has been a warp signature detected. Who knows who else may come across them? That's true. Uh, The genie is out of the bottle on this one. Uh, First contact is always fraught, but it uh, seems this is going to be more complex than usual. Do seem to have some sort of federation material. Uh, Lieutenant Commander Murphy is going with them to retrieve it just now. What kind of federation material are we talking about here? They say that 
they discovered uh, plans or a description of how to build their ship? Well, there's another wrinkle. We might be dealing with a prime directive violation then, uh, rather than just a straight first contact. Uh, I'm going to have to amend my report to Starfleet Command. Um, Thanks for updating me on this, Doctor. Um, I'll tell you what, I'll come down and join you uh, once I've spoken to Admiral Flanders. Uh, She's going to want to hear about this straight away. Yes, Captain. So, Murphy, uh, you lead the Dratirans back to Shuttle Bay 2. As you enter, you can see that the engineers are now hard at work. They're kind of swarming all over the warp ship a little bit. Um, They've got engineering bay open and everything. Uh, You can make out a little bit of movement within the cockpit itself, and uh, as you step a little closer, you can see that it's Connaught uh, going over the displays with the tricorder. Uh, Murphy's going to let them lead the way um, to where the hiding place is. Sure. So they, they climb back into the cockpit. Johnny, you Sort of suddenly <laughs> a little bit uh, caught unawares of these uh, the two Tratirans, um climbing in with you who sort of look at you a little bit sort of not surprised to see you in there but you know a little bit like they weren't expecting anybody to be in the cockpit either not in like a bad way but like a sort of like oh there's a guy here kind of um, <laughs> sort of yeah. look um, so yeah Johnny spots him and kind of raises his eyebrows and goes oh, oh hello and uh, looks towards the door and Murphy um, climbs in after them. Yeah. Yeah. Murphy's so just Murphy like... in kind of nods and stops what he's doing and kind of heads over <laughs> towards her and says, You should see this cockpit. It's so similar to um Don't, don't, don't. I'm I'm jealous <laughs> as it is right now, Conhart. I'm jealous as it is. I thought but... that was gonna be a don't mention the Phoenix. <laughs> don't mention the Phoenix. <laughs> 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 but no, Murphy's just jealous. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, um, yeah, Johnny's in, just stunned in silence and kind of like just <laughs> let, lets them go about their business and takes it in. She's just kind of looking. I'm going. Don't I even really, start right really now. Swap. Like, <laughs> I, want, I want to swap positions with you so badly. I want to be in the ship. <laughs> so yeah, it's not a big cockpit. Um, them being slightly smaller than uh, the average human as well um it's plenty big for them but uh, it's it's a bit cramped in here with the four of you in there i was gonna say that murphy's probably just like hanging outside hanging out in the doorway kind of thing <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they uh they go they go to the rear of the uh, of the cockpit there's all kinds of sort of instrument panels and and wiring and things back there and um there is a sort of small central panel towards the bottom of the of the sort of dividing wall with a series of kind of, not buttons, but sort of set in sort of indentations. And um, your view's kind of blocked, but you kind of get the feeling like they're pressing the indentations in a particular order. And you hear a small click and the compartment slides open. From within, they remove uh, with great reverence, apparent in their motions, a fairly nondescript metal cylinder. It's it's pretty well unornamented, um, but you can see it's kind of sealed at one end with a, a sort of removable lid section made of the same material. This contains the Revelation Scroll. Thank you for, for allowing us to see it. Um, please, let us take us somewhere that we can um, read through it. Okay. We sort of let let's roll over this. <laughs> you you find a there is a nearby 
sort of um like a workbench um, or something yeah i mean you could yeah. probably find like a little kind of quiet room nearby i mean there's quite a lot um where you shall be to uh, there's a there's an empty uh, shuttle bay two. There's a bunch of crew quarters. There's shuttle bays two and three. There's cargo bays and there's Satishan ops in this area. Um, deck thirteen. <laughs> but you can find a small room to um, just sort of spread it out on a table or something if that's what you want to do. Um, no need to do it in the cargo bay, uh, in the shuttle bay, I should say. Um, so with quite a lot, it's, it's just you with them as well. I take it you're not bringing Johnny with you or anything. Um, I was, mm, I was actually thinking about taking Ray. Sure. Yeah. However you want to do it. Um, Ray, you want to come have a look at this scroll? Oh, you'd never ask. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the the two of you follow the Jotirans into um, a, a quieter room. They open, as I say, with much reverence, this container and pull out what looks to be, at least visually, a very old document. It appears to be a sort of, it's a scroll, but it's more of like a kind of sheaf of loose papers and things that have been kept bound together. It's not just one continuous piece of paper. And they they spread it out in, again, being very careful with it at all. And again, looking at it, it does, this looks like an old, old document. Um, you can't read any of it. Um, it is in the Tyrian script. It's you know, you're not, <laughs> yeah, you're not familiar with that at all, or anything. As it goes on, um, though, through the pages, you start to see illustrations, some of which look just like sort of, you know, illustrations actually of events. You know, look, you know, like drawings, and you might get a in an illustrated Bible or whatever. Um, mm. mm-hmm. Like a kid's Bible. Yeah, yeah. But then the further in you get, they start being ones that look more like diagrams. And noticeably then you see one that like, well, that's that's a warp. That's an matter-antimatter intermixed chamber or something. That's a diagram of that. And... Ray, having just been shown <laughs> a particular component on the uh, on the the craft sat in the bay, you're like, oh, that's yeah. I just looked at that in real life. There, that is that. There is a a lot a page which is taken up by a whole diagram, um, which you can easily see is essentially a structural, a, a fairly pared down basic version of it, but a structural diagram of their ship, um, which again looks an awful lot, and the, the diagram itself looks an awful lot like a top-down view of the phoenix. And then you reach the final page. As with what you've seen so far, it's covered in the intricate Dratiran script, uh, which you still can't read. At the bottom, however, you see something that you weren't expecting. Just a couple of lines of text. This text, though, unlike the rest, is written in English in standard federation lettering and it reads the fire of the gods covetously hoarded by self-proclaimed superior cultures now shared freely as it always should have been finally below this phrase a series of short lines drawing unmistakably the starfleet insignia 
right then, that's going to do it for today's episode. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks' time with the next chapter of Frontier on Thursday, the 24th of February, and we hope you'll all join us for that. Uh, in the meantime, you can find links to all of our socials along with our Discord server and Ko-Fi page at pretendingwithdice.com. Uh, so yeah, for now, that's our show. We hope you all enjoyed it. We'll see you next time.